Hey guys, welcome today to today's podcast of the three podcasters walk into a bar. Ever had that uncle that just made you cringe when he said, "These I got a joke about these three guys walking into a bar. Well, I got the two other guys and three of us are podcasters, so there you go. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. My podcast is the Energy News Beat, and I get the pleasure of introducing David Blackman, the David Blackman, the one and only. David Blackman. Look at him. He's waving over there. And he is a Forbes contributing author. He has two podcasts, The Energy Question and Energy Transition International Version. Welcome, David. Thank you. Hey, thank you, man. It's a beautiful day in Texas, isn't it? Uh, it, it is. I, normally, I say it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood on mine. But then again, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember that. And then we have the RT. The RT. Mr. Trevino is actually out on a well site. He's on location. This is only the second day this year he's worked, and uh, he's, he's out there having a safety briefing on the tailgate. He's got a tailgate meeting going on and as well uh, going on there, and he's got a podcast named The Crude Truth. RT, welcome, and we're glad you're working today. Oh, thank you, guys. As always, a hello out there to everybody, and yes, no, I'm out here in North Texas on, on some of our leases. We're uh, preparing for some visits and uh, also preparing for another bout of uh, cold weather here in the great state yeah, of Texas. So, you, so we're oh, prepared. You you know. hey, before we uh, got started, RT, you showed us some of your rig hands around there. And <laughs> he was huge. <laughs> That was Jeremy Tidrow. And uh, yes, I think he's six foot five and he's one of the small ones out here. And uh, so there's, there's, there's a lot of meat potatoes out here. And uh, whenever I'm standing next to those guys, I, I don't feel quite as tall as I normally do. I can tell you that. You know, David, we were talking, your head was still bigger than his. <laughs> uh, today, I, I'll get put in my place if, if I have a big head. With, with uh, so much knowledge out here in, in North Texas and all these guys out here, and just what they know, it, it really really is awesome so I, I make sure I have the best people out here always working with me so so if, if I have a big head I guarantee you it'll be brought back down to pay me too <laughs> oh you bet hey you were talking about a main story you were wanting a, a question on what was your thought on that RT oh yeah no I was uh, reading another report the other day um, about how the IEA the International uh, Energy Agency uh, is speculating that are predicting that we're going to be producing about half a million barrels less this year in 2023. Um, and then yet they're expecting the demand to go up. I think it's almost a million barrels a day uh, this year in 2023. And then they also then are telling us that, you know, oil is going to be, you know, below 90 this year for, for uh, an average in 2023. And um, again, I just don't see how when you go to economics 101 as a freshman in high school or a freshman in college, it's, it's the same material either place, uh, freshman, you know, English 101 or economy 101 that supply and demand and that just does not jive with the fact of how are we going to have more demand and the price is going to be lower so I kind of wanted to touch on that this morning see what you guys were thinking about uh, this IEA well it's it those those things do not compute obviously if you if you have uh, demand rise by I think they said 900,000 barrels a day was their latest prediction 
and supply is going to increase by an average of half a million barrels a day. That means the product is going to become more scarce. And whenever product becomes, any product becomes increasingly scarce, the price goes up, not down. So if the IEA's volume projections are right, its price projections are wrong. And it's as simple as that. And um, I frankly think their price projections are wrong. I think their volume projections are probably, you know, fairly reasonable. But uh, in that event, if those things happen, then the price is going up. And uh, I think I I agree that there's every reason to think the price will go up uh, between now and May, June, July, when summer driving season kicks in. And uh, we could even see $100 oil again in the next... 60 to 90 days. So, you know, as usual, the IEA uh, isn't thinking real logically. And then that unfortunately is a, is a habit of that organization. Did you call the IEA a political hack organization? Well, I was nicer than that. <laughs> I did not say that. Stu Turley said that, but uh, I might've been I thinking. Stu Turley was there going, they are a hack is what I heard Stu Turley just say. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, over the weekend, I found out that I've been shadow banned on Twitter, so I opened up four new accounts, and uh, I've also been banned by the UN, which is absolutely a you know badge of honor. So you know, here I am. I'm about to get you guys banned as well, too. So. <laughs> Boy, if the UN's uh, after you, you better hide out in that cabin up in Oklahoma, Stu. Yeah. It's all right. I can reach out yeah. and touch him. Yeah, Stu, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's that one right there at the intersection of Maine and Avenue B, <laughs> right there in Saskatchewan, Oklahoma. It's right. the one with the pink door, but that undisclosed location is Saskatchewan, oh, yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs> yes, that's it, RT. Yeah, uh, right. Um, anyway, no, the, the fun thing about being in a zombie apocalypse bunker, you know, it's not a problem. If the UN wants to stop by, they can. Hold wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. I want to get back to this four Twitter thing real quick. Like, I barely have one called the crude underscore truth. Okay. That's my Twitter right. account. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm doing a little self promote there, trying to get a little bit more out there. I barely have time for that one, Stu. How do you have time for four new accounts on Twitter? Like, I mean, how does that work? I mean, me and David each just have one. <laughs> I have my employees manage oh. my accounts. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Man, I may need to get some help with that. But I have the greatest employees on the planet. Oh, and they are you, great. You, you bring up a great question. When you can ask any of them, what's their number one job? Yeah. Keep me from looking stupid, and they've got a full-time job <laughs> just to get that. That's, that's a big lift. That's, that's a, a big very big <laughs> In fact, I heard I heard him trying to talk to Jeremy Tidrow because he, he knows he needs that more strength to keep him up and to keep him from being looking more stupid. So, <laughs> you know, hey, a man's got to do. You know, I pay them big money just to keep me from being stupid. Oh man, <laughs> but I better not let my wife hear this podcast because she knows. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the next one here, David. Your energy.
energy absurdity of the day was a classic. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I first I was reading this and I thought it was something about Bigfoot. And instantly I thought it was absolutely wonderful. I'm over (laughs) here trying to go to your story, but it was not Sasquatch. It was Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. That's what you were thinking. Well, contrary to what RT just said a minute ago, Saskatchewan is not in Oklahoma. It's actually a province in Canada. (laughs) And... uh, A uh, reader named Brian Zinchuk, who uh, has a website called pipelineonline.ca, which has a wealth of information about the energy situation up in Canada, sent me data uh, put out by the manager of the Saskatchewan Power Grid called Sask Power uh, that that tells an interesting story about the wind wind energy sector in Saskatchewan. Last week, Saskatchewan Saskatchewan was uh, having a winter storm, uh, icy conditions, very cold temperatures. And on four of the five days uh, during the week last week, uh, the wind energy generation on the grid approached zero for four straight days. And on two of those days, Sask Power actually recorded uh, negative numbers for wind generation on the grid. And and how you get to a negative number for wind is that they didn't je- generate anyone anything but all the all the turbines were apparently frozen up but it it took it required one megawatt of of power on the grid to thaw out the 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 generator so that the <laughs> could actually turn so they recorded negative one megawatts two straight days in Saskatchewan. And and so what's the moral of this story? Well, the moral of this story is that wind power fails quite often, but it fails most miserably at the worst possible time, which is during winter storms and, and extreme summer heat. And if you think we're going to be able to replace reliable 24-hour-a-day generation capacity powered by natural gas, coal, and nuclear with intermittent energy, coming from these windmills, uh, you're living in a fantasy world and we have to stop living in a fantasy world and start dealing with the world as it is, or, or we're all going to end up very soon without enough energy to eat our homes in the winter. So that's my tale for today. Speaking of that, I, I got to interview uh, Don Deers uh, and we released it. Let me tell you just a little bit of fact. Um <laughs> In uh, average electric prices per cents kilowatt hour in August uh, of or average of 2003, and if you'll, I'll have this in the show notes, this chart. And um, RT, if you can't read, uh, I'll transcribe it on a audio book for you. Okay. As long as it's got pop outs, as long as the audio book has pop outs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, ERCOT. ERCOT was nine cents, 9.16 cents in 2003. In 2019, it was 11.87 or 30% increase in power. And the amount of wind and solar added to the grid is 100% attributable to the increase in price. Anybody want to say that it's saving money and a lower cost? I I, yeah. I still have not for any reason. I have not ran any positive numbers on anything as far as, and, and this is not really on the, well, let alone on the cost, on investing. 
and wind turbines uh, uh, okay. to, to put them. I, I haven't found any cost there, so you know, savings are you know. Let me go here. Okay. Okay. Hey, this was cool. I mean, he's a cool dude, but I didn't know this. And if we were going to go to 100% net zero by 2030, the number or 2050, the number of wind turbines rated at 2.5 megawatts to achieve net zero is 995,141. Do you think there's enough children in the world in the Congo to build enough materials for this? It's child abuse. Let's get, anyway, okay, so there are 28 years between 2022 and 2050, so the average number they have to build is 35,540. He gets a crayon out, and I mean, Don's good. He goes, the biggest year we've ever had was 5,680. So let's do another crayon math here that I'm working on, and the average lifespan of those is eight years now between the maintenance fees going up and becoming profitable. So my OSU, Oklahoma State math is over here kind of going, we're going to need about 250,000 more. Anyway. That's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. (laughs) There's not enough metals in the world to to build that many of those turbines. That's crazy numbers. It's not. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for the day for us to really kind of, you know, disagree on some things here and there. I think the biggest uh, disagreement right now is the fact that I think we'll average $100 oil and David thinks we'll average $90 oil in 2020. <laughs> you know, but uh, so I, I want to go back to us agreeing is that over the weekend, David, you put out that great um, YouTube video of that representative from California. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, really breaking down the renewables um, and how it's going to take a lot of fossil fuel as a drug, and I think that's a bad word. A lot of you know oil and, and natural gas to you know create all of that renewable energy, but then also um, what you said, and I think I requoted it this morning on a on a post on LinkedIn for our uh, episode twelve, which is that when um, oil when na- Mother Nature is at its worst, renewables will fail every time. Getting back to the Saskatchewan, that um, it's like they are something that they cannot handle. Mother Nature, um, and and I. I think a prime example is, you know, when you get out there on offshore drilling rigs and you see the waves and the storms and those rigs are still standing there. Okay, they may not be on producing, but they are there standing proud and doing what they need to do during the great, beautiful Mother Nature. Um, when yet when we have these storms, you know, these wind turbines fail and you can't get any solar. So right. I, I I think right there it's just something great. So I'm looking forward to uh, listening to that uh, interview there, Stu. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I'm also forwarding since you guys are also podcast hosts. I'm sending you his name, so you know, introducing <laughs> you. Good deal. So, I, uh, you know, that video uh, RT was talking about was recorded. It, it was a recording of Rep- Representative Tom McClintock, a Republican from California, who was questioning a, a, a witness at a recent hearing uh, about this witness was testifying against 
mining, permitting mines for metals uh, in the United States. Uh, this this witness also uh, was advocating for electric vehicles. And um, the gist of the video, which can be found at my Substack, uh, the address is blackman.substack.com. Be there, be square. Um, Say it again, David, because that is one of the best Substacks out there. Blackman.substack.com. Please, please uh, subscribe. You can subscribe for free and get some of the content. You can pay me money to get the rest. Um, anyway, <laughs> so here's, but, but it's got a little graphic that I found that uh, that describes the amount of metals that go into a single Tesla battery. And I want people to understand this. 20 pounds, this is one Tesla battery, requires 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic, okay? That's one Tesla battery. Now, you multiply that by millions, millions, literally, of cars, of electric vehicles that the climate alarmists want to put on the road over the next 10 years. And uh, you can see the the incredible amount of metal we're going to have to have. Well, you can't have those metals without mining for it, okay, folks? That's the cost. You're going to have a lot of new strip mines here in the United States and all over the world. For copper alone, you're going to need 330 new strip mines by 2033, okay? So this is a big deal, and it's what it's the cost of electric vehicles that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, but that's what it is, and you can't have one without the other. You just can't. Hey, RT, uh, because you're big head, I'm going to talk about this one here for just a quick sec. And that's uh, you, there's two things, and in, RT, you're out in West Texas right now now and in west texas you those roads are tough because all the trucks across west 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 texas are are just brutal think about how much money and oil is going to be required to replace roads with that extra heaviness going on think about that one the other one that got me is the article i read this morning was a hummer in the internal combustion combustion was six tons whatever the number is and then a uh, a uh, electric was nine tons i mean whatever the, the number was, that it was three extra tons in order to drive a internal, com- I mean, a uh, EV. So that, that's one of the reasons. Uh, I believe it was Irina's. It was Irina's article, I think I was getting this from, you know, and she's smart. Go figure that They're out. very heavy cars. Uh, heavy. And I'm I'm sitting there kind of going, you put me in one and the road busts? Holy smokes. <laughs> Um, David, I would definitely appreciate it. Uh, that uh, that chart you just spoke of, I think you need to put that one out there. I wouldn't mind even putting that one out there on a because, uh, hey, man, that's the crude truth right there on what kind of a uh, battery it takes to put in those Teslas. I mean, yeah, just, I, uh, I need to put it in on a tweet, I guess. Get it out there. To, to put it out there, and because uh, I mean that that's really telling. I mean, here I am out here in. Just like millions of other oil and gas guys, uh, workers uh, trying to produce what we can produce for us, the American people, because, you know what, we still need it for the roads. Stu's right. We still need, uh, you know, petroleum products to build the roads, the infrastructure here in America with this great, you know, uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act with all the infrastructure that was probably in that bill, too. Um, So I just think that it's, you know, getting back to even talking about that YouTube video that we are living in once again, you know, I'll say it, uh, such an upside down. Um, again, I am not against 
solar and I'm not against wind. Um, I think they have their place. However, we need reliable freaking energy. And right now that comes from natural gas, oil, and coal. And with us being in the wintertime, we need to be able to heat our homes and cook food to keep ourselves warm. Um, and, and that's just the important part. To me, right? Hey, uh, great points, RT. Uh, David, I got a question for you because I, and RT, I'm a little confused on natural gas. Uh, what do you guys think about natural gas prices right now? I'm, I'm like, I feel like Scooby-Doo. We've, we've got an awful lot of natural gas. We got so much of it. It's overwhelming the demand for it. Even, even with all the LNG demand coming from Europe, we, uh, we, we have such a richness, abundance of natural gas in the United States. It's truly incredible what's in these shale plays. It's amazing. It's awesome. I mean, you know, here, uh, you've got everybody back here, you know, got a lot of wells reworking and, and and putting them back online here in the Barnett. And, uh, so it's just awesome to see because we are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. And uh, so for, for all of us to be back out here and, and uh, for a lot of guys to be back out working, and it's a great thing because what are we trading at today? We're less than $4. Is that correct, Stu? Yeah, 335 I think. Yeah, 335 And uh, So I think maybe we brought back down to reality a little bit. Um, but, uh, but hey, if we can get back up to 5 that's always a better note. But, hey, that's just me and the investor. Yeah, so. we, we got about five more minutes here, but uh, I'm going to tell you a football joke, and then I'm going to turn it around you guys for the last one. Back in high school, a bazillion year, Moses and I played high school together, you know, high school football. But I came around the corner one day, and Coach Kramer absolutely was laying on the locker room floor laughing. I've never seen Coach. Coaches have their own language. <laughs> means run 30 laps. And, and he was laughing so hard. And we had one of the, the football players was huge, but his head was so big that he tried to special order a helmet from Rydell. Rydell sent the box in and I'm right there as the coaches were opening it up. And there's a note in there from Rydell. And it said, if the helmet does not fit, use the box. So RT, if your hard hat does not fit, use the box that it came in. I thought your joke was going to be about my Dallas Cowboys last night, but uh, oh, no. but no, that's yeah. a joke. <laughs> but that was a good one right there. Now uh, you always got to be safe. RT, give us your last word and don't put your head in the box. Oh man, no, just everybody stay safe out there. Uh, uh, follow the rules and, and, and regulations of uh, always out there that that the great state of Texas, the United States has, and the, and the commission of uh, the railroad here in, in Texas, and we want to stay safe. But uh, uh, looking forward to another great week. I think we're going to get a little bit more cold here in Texas, but uh, so everybody be ready for that. Uh, but thank you guys as always, and uh, thank you to our listeners out there. Hey, RT, real quick, what's the? how do they get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, they can definitely reach me. Um, you know, I got my LinkedIn, which is Rachel Peter the third. Um, you can uh, also see find me at uh, .com, uh and you can reach me there as well and uh, be on the lookout for a new episode with another big operator out of Texas uh, this week on The Crude Truth. Nice. Well done. Mr. Blackman, coming around the corner, what do you have for the last one? Well, I guess uh, uh, for my fellow Dallas Cowboy fans, you have my condolences. Uh, pray for a different quarterback somehow for next season and uh, you know be careful out there try to stay warm apparently we're going to have another big cool front uh, here in
in a week or two, and it's going to get pretty, pretty nasty again. So everybody take care of yourselves and your family, and we'll see you next time. That sounds great. And I'll have your contact information in the show notes, and uh, we will have that chart. And uh, are you picking your nose, RT? No, no. I wanted I wanted to say just one more thing real quick, and I mentioned it last week at the end of the show. Uh, for anybody that's going to May, please be there Wednesday morning uh, for David Blackman and Doug Sheridan will be speaking. Um, and I'll probably say it one more time next week, but it'll be Wednesday morning next week at 9 a.m. that they'll be speaking with Nate. Um, I'm not trying to advertise for Nate. I'm just advertising for uh, Dave. And I'm, I'm looking very much forward to that, um, to, to their uh, discussion next week. So I just should be to- fun. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I won't say anything too stupid. <laughs> no, you job. won't. That's yeah. my job, guys. I, that, I claim that, that, stupid myself. You know, hey, guy, thank you for our fans. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what, uh, and I'd like to say thank you to my compadres here. Our numbers are blowing through the roof on listens. So thank you all very much. And uh, subscribe, like, and pass this word along to your friends. Talk to you all soon.